The book was better. Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of the Book Was Better podcast. Are they Simply all special now? <laughs> it's special because it's one year of oh, right. posting episodes. Right. Exactly one year. So happy birthday to us. Well, it's and ironic. whole year. It's ironic that we had to put up this episode late because of life. Which Craziness. We'll get into. Um, <laughs> but it ended up being exactly a year. Like it yeah. ended up coming out on the a same day as our first year. episode. So one year exactly later. I'm Kaylee Clark. That's important. I didn't say that part before. I'm Taylor Collette. We are the two halves of the Book Was Better podcast. And normally we release episodes on Wednesday. This one is coming out on a Thursday because, you know, life's been crazy lately with just lots of stuff going on. Mm hmm. Um, I moved. Can, I'm now in a house instead of an apartment. Hallelujah. And I have my own little like workspace. My own. It's great. It's like my podcast corner. It's awesome. I'm jealous. I'll be honest. I am very jealous. You should be. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my again, going back to. Oh, yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. My life was also crazy. Um, my in-laws came and visited us in Hawaii, which was very nice. But obviously we wanted to make the most of that time. So I was kind of dedicating um, all of my time off to that. And so this podcast kind of got neglected just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just but a we're little back. Bit. And better than ever. <laughs> back in full force. <laughs> but back in black. Back in black. Just keep coming up with. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other. Um, back, kind of going back, back to. Back like the Terminator. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm done. You know, I can, I'm normally thinking of that meme from Scre Scream Queens where <laughs> she like turns around and it's like that you didn't think you'd see me again. Bit or something oh. like that. Like, yeah, I'm back. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Off topic. We are celebrating one year and with us to help us celebrate one year and to thank everyone for listening and supporting us in this endeavor. We are going to be doing a week of giveaways on our social media accounts. So so for more information about that, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those are the main ones. Uh, but we also be have. Pinterest other spots. and TikTok and YouTube. We have all the things. We also and, have a website. We have a website now. And we have a, a, a website. Not that you can enter the giveaway on the website, though. So Yes, you can. How? <laughs> you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Well, yes, that that will be a part of it. But look, I'm trying to give as much promo as I can. OK, listen, we're. It's going to be good. It's going to be a whole week, which Anyways. means you get more chances to win. Yes, there'll be a win. giveaway every day for the next week, little prizes. And then at the end of the week, we'll have one big prize. But there'll be different ways to enter every day. So if you follow us on any of our social medias, we'll be posting about how to enter. It may not necessarily be 
Like if I post on Instagram, you may have to go over to Pinterest to enter that day's giveaway or whatever. Or Facebook or diversify our website a little bit. Yes. But it'll be fun and there'll be you lots can of good win merch, goodies, books, audible all gift sorts cards, of fun stuff. Kindle, all the things. It'll be all fun. the good stuff. All the book related good stuff. <laughs> yes. Obviously, it's going to be themed. It's not just going to be yes. random we, stuff. We, we have a brand that we're trying to stay, stay a part of. So we're trying. Um, trying being the keyword. All right. But yes, be be looking forward to that. Tune in every day to see what those are. And we're going to be talking more about kind of like our anniversary. And I turned the sound off on my phone. I don't know what is happening. And now I lost my train of thought. So boop, boop. what was I saying? <laughs> Literally, what was I saying? I don't know. I zoned out. <laughs> you are no help. Anniversary. Um, something. Happy birthday to us. Anyways. Oh, yes. If. We're going to talk more about like the past year and kind of what what it's been like on our end and kind of like our favorite moments and different things in our mini sode next week. So we will kind of talk a little bit more about this. If you're interested in that, that'll be coming next week on Wednesday. We're, we're going to be back to Wednesdays at that point. So now I think that's all for announcements and mm-hmm. ramblings and mm-hmm. tangents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Eclipse. Yes. By Stephanie Meyer. We are continuing the saga. I'm so excited. This brilliant, brilliant saga. <laughs> I'll be honest. I 1000% forgot what this book slash movie was about. So <laughs> No, we both did. <laughs> it was like a new experience. It was like I had almost never experienced this storyline before. So it was really interesting to come back to it with a fresher mind and be like oh yeah that's what happens i think for some reason because i remembered parts of this but i mixed them up with new moon and breaking dawn and eclipse which is kind of this i just blur blended it all together basically (laughs) and honestly i completely forgot about how the victoria arc ends yeah and i kind of just skipped straight from like end of new moon to straight into time. Breaking Dawn, where it's like, oh, the Volturi want 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 her a vampire, and oh, the Volturi want this. And I'm like, oh yeah, the Victoria thing. Just, they both start with V. What am I supposed to do? Well, just like comparatively, Victoria is kind of like meh compared to the Volturi. Like, why is she such yeah, a big also, issue? Also, Victoria is the main antagonist for, you know, or and Victoria slash her dead mate, you know, for the first three books, like. I guess she's, she's the antagonist. OK, shall I get into my spiel? <laughs> I think um, that's what goes next, right? <laughs> yes, I think so. I mean, I'm trying to think okay. how we can transition this a little bit nicer. Listen, we have never been the queens of transitions. It's fine. Yep. Anyways, so, yeah, Eclipse don't really remember much, but... For those who for those of you who are like us and totally forgot about Eclipse, here's Kaylee's terrible summary for you. Do I do the summary first? I thought I'd do the random people first and then I do the summary right. before we here's get into Kaylee's it. Here's Kaylee's list of random people followed by <laughs> Quit her terrible throwing summary. Me off of my of my routine, Taylor. I'm apparently very easily persuaded that I do it a different way. 
Okay, so we've got Eclipse. What am I saying? Eclipse. Eclipse. By Stephanie Meyer. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Book was published in 2007. Movie came out in 2010. Both, again, just a year after after um, their book and movie counterparts. So pretty quick turnaround for a book. Pretty regular mm-hmm. turnaround, I think, for a movie. We have director David Slade. So a new director yet again. This is now three in a row with a new director. Yeah. However, our screenplay writer, Melissa Rosenberg, is still coming in hot. So... Like, maybe because she, she had like better a with time, special I guess. connection with Stephanie Meyer or something. I don't I'm know. I'm just surprised. Or she's an acquired taste. I don't know. It's fine. Um, I don't know if she gets better with time or if I just get more used to how she writes these books into movies. Might be that one. Or the fact that the, like supporting other people also improve like the cinematography and stuff like isn't in a blue filter anymore and no thank goodness you know, like the sparkle skin isn't crazy extravagant that kind of thing yeah another new music person musician music is composer. still a bop though there's there's more official words for that wait what the music is still a bop oh yes always music for this one was howard shore and then we have one carryover, no, two people carrying over from casting who are Sean Cossey and Renee Haynes, but then with a new person, Stuart Atkins. I mean, I guess there was a lot of people to cast because you had all the newborns in this one. Mm-hmm. So there and were a lot Riley, of new characters. People in any backstories that they deemed worthy enough to show. Yeah. Um, but yeah so that's kind of our key team for developing and creating the movie and now we've got my crappy summary so yes for those of you who like us kind of forgot what eclipse was about eclipse is where edward continues to propose to bella and Bella continues to say to Edward, like, we'll change me into a vampire. And it becomes this compromise promise thing that if she marries him first, then he'll turn her into a vampire. And then they learn that Victoria's back and Victoria has again, reminder, these episodes are not spoiler free. (laughs) Victoria has started changing a bunch of people in the the nearby city. I think it's Seattle. I don't remember. It's Seattle. Okay. Um, And so there's a bunch of, she's basically creating a newborn army to come and invade so that she can kill Bella. And then there's some, you know, drama and stuff with Jacob thrown in, because of course there has to be always and forever. And so there's more stuff with the werewolves as well as with the vampires. And it ends with Bella still not being a vampire, basically. So it's and a also whole lot not, and, and also they're still not married. So. <laughs> but Victoria finally gets defeated. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's that's the gist of it. So. All right. I think I go. Well first done this week. <laughs> well done. Sure. I believe I go first this week. Yes. 
So in descending order, as always, my grievance number three is kind of just like Bella's lack of chemistry with anyone. (laughs) Actually, the one person that I think she does kind of have the right kind of relationship with and chemistry with is Charlie. Yeah, I think that those are some of her better scenes. Like Billy Burke. And maybe that's just because Billy Burke is such a great actor. I'm biased. He's so good. But like Bella isn't super cringy or like weird to me in her interactions with Charlie. I mean, she she is a little cringy in the way that typical any teenage daughter would be. Exactly. Like, I don't want to talk about this kind of thing with my dad. Sorry. No offense. Kind of thing. So. Yeah, that's it plays off a little bit better in those scenarios, for sure. Mm -hmm. She's supposed to be torn at some point in this book, even though it's still obvious the whole time that she's going to choose Edward. She's supposed to be kind of feeling a little bit torn towards Jacob at some point. Right. But like, I don't feel anything. No, in the in the book, you see her. one show emotion uh two <laughs> like she like full-on cries about this be- feeling torn between the two because she does mm-hmm. love both of them and in the movie when jacob's like she loves me too it just sounds like he's being pretentious because mm-hmm. clearly she doesn't seem like she has any feelings for him like i will say in this movie compared to the first two there was a little bit better and like a little bit more. Not enough, though. Bella and Edward and stuff. But still, I, I just feel like there was better chemistry. And I use chemistry kind of loosely. I guess I should say more like tension or something between Jacob and Edward than there was mm. between either of them with Bella. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the way that they as actors, right, Taylor Lautner and Robert Pattinson the way that they interact with each other, I think is a lot more believable and you can connect to it more. And sorry, I just opened a granola bar for my daughter. I thought you (laughs) Um, locked the door. I did. It didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so that's my number three is just that I, the chemistry is lacking. It's, it's not there. Well, and you don't feel like Bella is genuinely torn. It seems in the, movie more than in the book it feels like she's just playing with them like she's just being it doesn't, a real well, it, it doesn't feel person. to me like she's playing with edward so much but like definitely that she's playing with jacob and basically just like doing whatever she can to keep him around for very selfish reasons like hey no i need you here to help protect me and keep me alive like so i'm gonna tell you to kiss me even though like it's and it's only because you're threatening to leave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's no, how it comes whole across scene, in the movie. That whole scene was my <laughs> least favorite. I hated it. But in the book, you see Bella's struggle more. And maybe that's more again of a first person versus third person kind of deal. But mm-hmm. in the book, at least you get to yeah. see Bella's thoughts. And yes, she's a dramatic teenager. So it's it's a Always. lot. But at least she has emotions. <laughs> Facts. Facts on stacks. Mm-hmm. But that's basically my number three. So you can take it away from there. Okay. Going off of the Jacob Edward 
relationship. <laughs> Uh, their their chemistry. One thing I think that the movie did, which I didn't really like, was made Edward and Jacob seem more like enemies, especially on Edward's part. I feel like they really made Edward seem like he hates Jacob's guts, like from the get go, the entire time he just like wants to murder him, which is not the case in the book. In the book, Edward like buys Bella a like leather jacket and a helmet so she can go motorcycle riding with Jacob so that she they can and keep up safe. that friendship mm-hmm. and he knows that Jacob's friendship is good for Bella and he doesn't he's not some insecure boy who's like no you can't have I any mean, other guy friends but me still <laughs> he's still in the book a little controlling and over the top concerned when it comes to Bella going to the reservation yes but I feel like in the book that stems more from her being somewhere that he cannot go to, you know, Mm -hmm. and being around a bunch of werewolves who, in his opinion, you know, can lose control pretty quickly when they have, you know, high, high strung emotions or anything. And which is I mean, it's still like you can't control where somebody goes, even if like you're married to them or they're your girlfriend. Like you can't make decisions for other people, no matter what, like, sorry, Mm -hmm. bud, but it is more understandable. Yeah. I think in the book. (laughs) And it's, it's played off better in the book. You can kind of understand it more. And he just, hold on. I'm looking through my notes. Um, (laughs) here we go. There's a bunch of other stuff that goes on between, like with Bella, like crying over Jacob and being like, I'm not going to let Edward see me cry over Jacob. But like I, Edward knows what's going on, but he understands that Bella needs to process this and Bella needs to be the one to make the decision and to go through this. And you kind of see that Edward in the the tent scene when Edward and Jacob are talking in and he's movie? like. Yeah, in the movie, mm-hmm. they kind of put that in there where he's like, she's the one that's going to make the decision. I'm going to let her do that. And, and I was I'm like, going to oh, support her, whatever she does. There's the yeah. Edward that you get in the book. <laughs> or or the fact that Edward gives Bella college application forms to fill out and stuff. And he like tries to make her life more normal. And I just felt like the Edward in the movie was well, and is so also always giving her the option in the book to not change. Yeah. You know, and and still kind of instead of in the movie, you just hear him say it that one time, kind of like, I'm always going to hope you change your mind or something along those lines. Whereas mm-hmm. in the book, it's not just him saying it. like He's doing things to try and remind Bella of like what she'd be missing out on and like trying to give her the most human experience that he can. So, or sorry, I was looking through my notes. I found another one where after, (laughs) after Jacob gets hurt and Carlisle goes to set his bones back into place, break his Mm -hmm. bones back into place. Edward goes too. Edward is there checking on him. It's not just Carlisle that goes. Yeah. So, Again, more of a relationship there. And it's just also Bella tells Edward in the book that the reason the werewolves are like becoming werewolves again is because of the Collins. And I think that Edward is kind of like, oh, and I think he kind of takes because you guys are around. You're bringing this back out in their bloodline. (laughs) Yeah, like they have to deal with this now because of you. 
So I think he's a little more empathetic for Jacob's anger about vampires in general. Because he didn't mm -hmm. ask to be a werewolf. He was, like, kind of mad about it at first and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I think that well, it just... And it's not even at first. He remains mad about it. Yeah, and that's true. in the fourth book, yeah, you see that a lot more because it. they're... You know, parts of Breaking Dawn literally from Jacob's perspective. So I forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and so I think especially going into Breaking Dawn where, spoiler, Jacob and Prince on Bella and Edward's daughter. Let's not talk about that right now. We're going to get into that later. <laughs> but I mean, relationship wise, the fact that Edward doesn't immediately kill Jacob, I think is because they have built up kind of a frenemies relationship throughout eclipse that you do not see in the movies at all really yeah no no so that's mine uh what's your number two um so my number two is the fact that they gloss over or completely omit a lot of the vampire backstories mm. for the cullens mm -hmm. We get a little bit of Rosalie's, which I do think is the most important one, just because I think, you know, for the first couple of books, it's like, why does Rosalie hate Bella so much? Like, what is happening? Like, why? Because the rest of the family seems to, like, accept her pretty quickly. Why not Rosalie? So I think hers was the most important to show. Mm -hmm. Just to give that understanding of, like, why she has such issues with Bella and like Bella wanting to be a vampire kind of thing. Um, but they still kind of gloss. It's not as in depth as it is in the book. And then not to mention that they completely omit Alice's. And I yeah. think that's another interesting backstory that explains why she is the way she is. And I think it also their backstories tell you a lot, too, about why they have the abilities that they have. Mm hmm. So like Alice's backstory of being basically like kept in like an institution and, you know, drugged and having mental illness and all these things and just like being treated awfully for so long, I think really plays into after she's changed her visions and changing and, and you know, like it's it, it's these backstories kind of tell you. Because you learn a lot more about like vampire special abilities in the next book. But this book, I think, is kind of where it gets set up, because when you learn about Emmett's backstory, Rosalie's backstory, Alice's, Jasper's, like all of them, you learn how their strengths and abilities and kind of like life experiences as a human adapt and change who they are and what their strengths and special abilities kind of are as a vampire. Mm -hmm. Um not to mention that I feel like the backstories help you understand just the characters better and make you like them more. Honestly, the Cullens in the movies, most of them at least, are kept shrouded in a lot of mystery for the entire series. And it's like, why does Bella want to join this family so much? Like, why does Bella you know, enjoy, like, why does Bella start to consider, like, Alice her best friend and, like, all these, you know, like... Mm -hmm you get to know them a lot more. And, and I feel like this is something that movies struggle with in general is side characters just don't get the focus and development that I think they deserve. 
And that's where books that are turned into TV shows, I think, shine is Mm. when it's a TV show, they can dedicate the time needed to all of the characters instead of just the main characters. That's fair. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my number two. Well, and there's also a lot that you miss with the relationships between the vampire sibling like people why why are alice and jasper mates and like why are rosalie and yeah 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 like you totally like like the fact that rosalie and rosalie's story you don't learn about the her friend who had a a baby which is what she wanted and he was named mm -hmm. henry and the reason she saved emmett's life in the first place is because he reminded her of henry yeah and so then she changed emmett emmett was like all for it. I love Emmett. He's great. Um, he's one of the few non-problematic And like Rosalie vampires. is so high strung and Emmett just like is a perfect. He's he's her rock almost literally. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and it, like you learn that they, they would go off and live by themselves sometimes away from the other colons so that mm-hmm. Rosalie could experience that like newlywed lifestyle that she so desperately wanted. And then mm-hmm. they would come back and it was like. A little sad because they can never have kids, but you didn't get that. Which you is didn't why feel... Rosalie becomes her strongest ally in the next book. Again, like they just you don't important. get that. <laughs> However, and this is just a thing for Stephanie Meyer, too. I think it is so stupid that Rosalie's special power is that she's pretty. Is that yeah. Her special power? Yeah. Is that really what it is? Because I know that Emmett's is super strength, which is yes. like all vampires are strong, but Emmett's stronger than most. <laughs> but he still like has a hard time fighting all of these newborns. I'm like, what a lame Well, because power. newborns are like super extreme smart. I mean, but, strong. But he's supposed to be stronger than most vampires. I don't get it. And then Rosalie, it's like she's super pretty. I'm like, well, that sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, she is. Really like, so pretty, are but all vampires. Like, I know. I don't. <laughs> everyone else is like these cool powers, and poor Rosalie and Emmett just got shafted in that department. I feel really <laughs> bad for him. It's fine. They have each other. <laughs> I guess. Like Edward can read minds, and Alice can see yeah, the let's future. Let's think about the burden that that special ability has. Jasper can in- in- influence people's emotions. Like, honestly, I'd much rather have Arrow's ability to only, like, read people's minds when I'm touching them than to read anybody's mind, like, that's around me. Because that just sounds so overwhelming and burdensome and just Do you know what Esme's special ability is? Esme has one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To love passionately. Where are you finding this? (laughs) (laughs) It's on the Twilight Wikipedia. It's hilarious. Okay, well, then that could be just like fan, like I don't think so. They have references. Well, well, it says she has no special power, but has a strong ability to love passionately. Okay. There you go. <laughs> but it's so dumb. I, I feel like Carlisle also doesn't technically have a power, but he almost developed his own. He has an elevated sense of compassion that allows him to resist human blood. Yeah, no, that's not an inherent power. He, when you learn about Carlisle's backstory, you learn about how long and how hard and what he went through to be able to fully resist human blood. So anyway, 
That's Thank so you, funny. I just Twilightpedia. <laughs> I'm just dying reading these. Sorry. Some people really you definitely have better powers than others. But I guess that's why the Volturi really want Alice and Edward to join them because they've got the dope powers. They're so special. Yep. They're the special ones. Yes. All right. Well, what's your number two? Um. All right. This is a fun one. So, again, kind of forgot about this movie. So as I'm watching it, I go, <laughs> is Kristen Stewart wearing a wig? Why does her hair look like that? A yeah, little bit of Googling weird. later. Straight up, she's wearing a wig in the entire movie. It is so bad. I think she's cut her hair like she short cut her at hair this point. super short for another movie that she did. Okay, so coming well, I'm back they, sure after that, she kind of just kept it short. She kept it pretty short, but they had to have her in a wig, obviously, and they chose a wig that is so clearly a wig. A wig. Like, <laughs> it does not look like her hair. <laughs> it doesn't. It's so clearly not her hair. It's too like sleek and shine i'm like she's not a vampire yet she's still a human she should still have somewhat ratty looking hair <laughs> well i feel like with her makeup job similarly yeah she's wearing way more makeup in this yes. movie than she has in previous ones i don't know who the makeup that person just does, was that just seems out of character for her because she looks hilarious i'm sorry i couldn't take her seriously because it was so obvious she was wearing a wig the whole time and then <laughs> speaking of the makeup people edward looks not not normal he looks messed but up at least the sparkle skin in this one wasn't as extreme it was not but like, that was probably bad. more cgi people than the makeup people facts they i his don't know his hair looks better in this one Sure, but they made him so white with absolutely Again, no depth. Yeah. They didn't add any color. It's like they just slipped on white foundation and we're like, you're good. Who needs contour? Who needs features on their faces? You're good. Go for it. He looks like a statue and not a good statue. Still better than the first one, though. <laughs> I don't know if it is. I thought he looked stupider in this one. No, no, no. I just I just Googled pictures of him in the first movie and no, it's bad. It's worse. <laughs> it's, it's worse. Really okay. bad. So. <laughs> I can remember. It's been a few weeks since I've watched the first one, but he was pretty bad in this one. And I just couldn't take the scenes between them seriously, because between Edward's bad makeup and Bella's bad makeup and hair, they just looked like a joke. I, I hated it. Well, and, and Jacob's hair looked like it was always wet. Yes. He, he was he never gelled. dry. He, he gelled the crap out of wet. it. <laughs> so much gel in that hair. Yeah. So it's, it's just I thought that they were moving. They were making strides in the right direction. And then they took it, a little bit of a step back in this one. It, it got mm -hmm. worse. It got worse. I'll, we'll see how Breaking Dawn goes. Maybe they'll be better. Luckily, Bella does become spoiler. She becomes a vampire. But not until the second half, not until the fifth movie in this half. And in the next one, we get to see the joy that is her being all gaunt and sick. And I can't wait to talk about I'm, that. So look forward to that. <laughs> but not that sure is I my <laughs> that's my number two. The hair and makeup was rough. All right, let's get into some honorable mentions. I've got some. <laughs> okay, so I have one that I think is actually a good change. Okay. 
in the book, when Charlie finds out that Jacob oh, yeah, kissed yeah, I was going to talk about this. I was going to talk about this one against her will. Right. Like like she punched him afterwards. Like she did not ask for it in any that, way. The way in that the that book, scene played Charlie, out in the movie. Like, gives him a high five and like says good job or some yeah, stupid crap. Like it's so bad. Oh, you as a, a cop and father are okay with your daughter practically being sexually assaulted. That's what, that's what you're saying here. This is, this seems out of character for Charlie. Well, <laughs> so yeah. in the movie, they actually, I get that he doesn't like Edward, but come on, like he's, he's not going to be okay with that. And so that's a good change. I think they made. Cause in the movie, Charlie isn't like, telling jacob like good job and stuff he's not, he doesn't I arrest think that him either whole scene but was so well done between yeah, what edward agreed. says and what charlie says mm-hmm. and the hilariousness of jacob just going like i kissed her she punched me in the face she broke her hand you're just yeah. like what again again though throwing it back to the last movie where she punched a werewolf in the face which she wasn't supposed to do when she walked away fine so just throwing that back out there no one mentioned it already but but yeah so i think that that was done much better in the movie made charlie stay true to i do love charlie still in in the movie (laughs) i think charlie does a fantastic job all around billy burke Um, always does let's see what other notes do i have uh charlie's best part of the movie Yes. Suddenly he has a Texan accent because they were like, oh, right. He was supposed to be from from the South. He was a Confederate soldier. He should have an accent now. Also, why Confederate? Come on. Come on. Why? Anyway, like you could have at least made him from the North and then given him some cool New York or Boston accent. But anyway, why does he need an Um, accent? It's been many a year. You lose accents facts but he's not over a hundred years old like edward is, is yes he? he is oh no he is because they didn't change him right sorry i'm forgetting I'm like, what are you? the rest of the cullens were all changed by one of the cullens which is why it's like yes carlisle's the oldest and then the first person he changed was edward and then he changed um esme and then rosalie and then rosalie changed emmett carlisle no, changed carlisle, alice carlisle changed emmett I thought Rosalie changed Emmett. Rosalie brought Emmett to Carlisle and then he changed him. Oh, right. Because like lack of control wouldn't be able to stop. Got it. Forgot. Um, But that Jasper, again, this is things that you don't learn in the movie at all. This is just knowledge from reading the books. Jasper was turned by somebody else. Well, you know that Jasper was turned by someone else in the movie. They show his backstory. Just a little bit. Not very much. Well, they show it, but they change it because suddenly they're in a romantic relationship, which was another one of my honorable mentions. Why did they need to kiss? Why did they need to be romantic? Didn't need to happen. It's always been Alice for him. How dare you? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, but they changed his age, too, because he was supposed to graduate with um, Rosalie and Emmett. And then suddenly he's in the same grade as Edward and Alice. Yeah. Oh, well. The Cullen's house is dope and I would live in it in a heartbeat. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, um, Bella's grounding is totally different in the movie. Totally the different. Book, it's super strict. Like she is grounded, cannot leave the house. Edward can come and visit for like an hour or two hours a day. But he's yeah. like very strict about that, too. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, they're like 
off in the field like she's out doing whatever she wants yeah. with him that she was just not has grounding. an early curfew like that was terrible that's not being grounded <laughs> um seth they did a great job picking an actor for seth i thought he did a really oh, good job agreed. he was so pure and cute and i love seth I think Rosalie did a good job, actually, too. The actress for Rosalie. Oh, yeah. I know. I've, I've always liked the actress. For I think Rosalie. she portrays emotions Same with that Alice. the others just can't. They, they do. They do well in their roles. Jasper gets better with time. But in the first couple yes. movies, <laughs> all he is is this like deep, yeah. open eyed <laughs> stares. <laughs> and I think the Victoria actress as well did a really mm -hmm. good job portraying emotion maybe it's just because no one else was so when i finally saw her i was like dang look at this oh my gosh facial expressions vampires can do that okay yes. <laughs> they're um, not I, actually made of stone i feel like the movie overall did spend too much time on certain scenes um that i didn't think they needed to like her trip to florida and that whole t-shirt quilt thing which wasn't even in the book i don't think they no. needed that but I do kind of like that they did that because the quilt makes a reappearance in later movies. I know, but it's kind of, such a long scene. I don't think it's that long. I got sick of it I mean, halfway it, through. It does take up probably a little bit too much screen time, but like with all I just the like stuff that, that they it, cut, it does reemerge. It does reemerge later to kind of show that Bella is missing her mom and like that relationship that she had with her mom and how her mom can't be there now that she's a mom herself and stuff later on kind of I thing. guess but again they cut so many other scenes why did they feel the need to add this very long one I just I didn't like it um you mentioned that <laughs> um sorry I'm trying to make sure I hit all my honorable mentions I had a lot from this one that's all my first point of the with the college thing, which I kind of mentioned before, it kind of sets up for their alibi that they were kind of setting up the whole like Bella getting accepted into the University of Alaska and Edward getting accepted into all of these universities, but also the University of Alaska and like so that they can disappear for a while. Up, yeah. Up so they're the going to go to Alaska, which is really far away. And people and disappear in Alaska all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or some something like that is their reasoning. I don't know. I mean, probably facts. Alaska's freaking huge. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was another thing that I wish that they had kind of explained a little bit. I know that she like briefly mentioned it. Yeah, that one time her mom goes, Alaska's so far away. Yeah. Like, that I wish happens. that they had elaborated more on that rather than being like, look at this T-shirt. Well, the three-headed um, lobster. <laughs> and then the other honorable mention this is my last one that I'll do. I thought it was interesting that they uh, added in parts of the spinoff book that Stephanie Meyer did, The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner. Um, they kind of added in parts of that into this movie with seeing more of what the newborns were doing because Brie Tanner is the one who, like, doesn't want to fight and then she still ends up getting killed by the Volturi, which was a little sad because she seemed so sweet. But apparently you learn a lot more about her in The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner. So I'll have to give that one a read. I haven't read it before because I never Neither really 
realized what it was about until now. <laughs> I didn't make the connection that that's who Brie um, Tanner was. Straight up forgot that that book even existed. So I mean, it was just like it's just like a short. It's like a novella. It's not even really it's a like short a story book. or something. Yeah. Okay. But I'm curious about it. Um, but yes, those are all my honorable mentions. Well, that last honorable mention leads pretty greatly into my number one. So, hey, <clears throat> my number one is a big change. I don't know if I would say it's an actual grievance, but I'm mm. also not going to say that it is an anti grievance. I'm going to leave it kind of in the middle. It's a neutral point. <laughs> it's a neutral point, but a big change nonetheless. So. Just the amount of Riley <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. In the book. Like, you don't know about Riley. You have no idea who he is. Nothing until he pops up in the final battle. You know, again, mm -hmm. the book's all from Bella's point of view. Whereas, and this is, you know, they, they pulled in some of the information from that short story about Bree. Because you learn more about Riley and what he's been doing to help Victoria and stuff in Seattle in that short story, apparently. You see a ton more of him in the movie, including his parents come and talk to Charlie about because he's missing. And then that leads a conversation between Charlie and Bella. Right. And it gets Bella thinking about like, well, I am going to disappear, quote unquote, and what is that going to do to my dad? Blah, blah, blah. Like it, it leads into this foreshadowing and all this forethought on Bella's part about when she does eventually change into a vampire and have to disappear from her human life. Um, as well as just, I don't know, I think it sets up the army of the newborns a little bit better. And and I don't know, it makes Victoria's plan make more sense and doesn't seem so out of the blue because I feel like a little bit in the movies it's like oh Victoria oh Victoria's gone oh Victoria's back oh nope she's gone oh, yes. what is she doing you know like <laughs> I mean it's that way in the books too you're like it wasn't Victoria like trying to kill Bella like where is like, she, yeah, when's she coming oh, back? okay nope she's back she's back and she's back with a vengeance like well and the fact that they keep Alice keeps being like if it was Victoria it. I would see it if it was Victoria I would see it and I was like well Alice mm -hmm. you're not perfect so maybe it still is Victoria <laughs> Well, but also that's why Victor Victoria is smart. And so the fact that like this movie opens with her turning Riley. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and totally different. Then, and just includes clips and bits and pieces from that side. I just feel like it, I guess in this way, it is an anti-grievance where I feel like it does help to build up the final battle and that final kind of like moment where... And, and it makes it more sad, I think, when you realize mm. when well, when he realizes and you realize with him, right, like he's always just been a pawn, like all of them are just pawns, like Victoria doesn't care about any of them. It's just a means to an end in her mind. Uh, it just makes you commiserate and sympathize a little bit more with him, care a little bit more about how easily lives are destroyed by vampires in in the world in this yeah in this yeah. world <laughs> so yeah it's a big change not a bad thing though i mean it did take up a bunch of screen time where if yes. they had just followed the book the way they did they could have probably included more backstories for like characters you actually care about more yes in that way it is a grievance but <laughs> pros and cons pros and cons exactly so 
we get this backstory for who Riley was and how he was changed and why he was changed. And he's only in this one movie and book. And yet Alice we lose Alice, we out. lose Emmett, we lose Esme and Carlisle. Like we lose like, yeah. So, yeah, that was my number one. Fair enough. Finish us off. My number one is I feel like they left out in the movie. They left out a lot of lore and a lot of like background information on both vampires and werewolves, in all honesty. And this kind of is a little bit from New Moon into Eclipse, kind of like the whole series, honestly. <laughs> but like you in the movies, you don't really learn about the other vampire covens that exist. Like and you, then they like, suddenly pop up in the next one. Yeah, like normally with the book, it gives you kind of a little bit of foreshadowing to be like, hey, there's like lots of other vampires who like live together. Like the Collins aren't weird in that way. The Collins <laughs> are kind of weird in the fact that they only drink as, animal blood. Well, and they're big. They're a bigger group. Yeah, they they the Voltori is typically known and considered to be the biggest coven yeah. as well as the oldest. But the Collins, you know, they they have five kids, quote unquote, you know, and then the, the parents too. like that's seven vampires living together. Like that's a big number. Most groups or covens are what, like three to four. Yeah. Easily overtaken by the Volturi if the Volturi thinks they're a problem, basically. <laughs> but like, for instance, like Laurent, uh, James and uh, Victoria. Yeah. We're like a traveling coven. Like they they kind of did more traveling. They were but there, there are other ones. And they even in the book, Carlisle tries to call in his friends in this other coven. I can't remember the name of it right now, but there's this other coven nearby that he tries to call in to help them fight. And one of them knew Laurent and is mad that they killed Laurent. So they refuse to come and help. But mm -hmm. in that you learn that there are other covens and that the Colons have like knowledge of them and relationships relationships with them, with them communication with them it's not like they're isolated as vampires in this one situation which is mm -hmm. a big deal in the next one and the movie after that when suddenly all these vampires show up out of nowhere yep and then with the with the Werewolves. werewolf lore they definitely cut it short in um with i'm blanking on his name what's his name jacob's dad <laughs> when Jacob's oh, dad, yes, Billy, Billy Black <laughs> tells the story, he in the movie, they definitely cut it down in the book. It's much longer. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to it. And I get that they wanted to cut it down because they kind of just wanted mm -hmm. to do the essentials. Gotta so I'm OK with that. But part of the thing that I think they should have mentioned in this one, just to give a little bit of like preemptive time for people to prepare is in the book, they mention that Quill imprinted on Emily's two year old niece, Claire. Yep. And that kind of and then they kind of talk about that a little bit about how it's not it's not just a romantic, creepy, like romantic thing. Though, I mean, again, it's still a little weird, but still comes across weird. But they kind of like, come on. Why can't you just have them meet when they're older? <laughs> yeah. Like, they mention that at least in this one, so that when it happens with Jacob and Renesmee in the next one or in the next book, it's a little more like, OK, this is not a one off like this has happened before. 
clearly and it's not it's, romantic right away he's not like yeah. romantically attracted to this it's baby. just a like protective <laughs> desire i don't know Anyways. wolf instinct it's a wolf know. thing <laughs> yep so they left that out which was i think just bad for the sake of prepping people for breaking dawn yep and then the other thing that they don't mention is that werewolves stop aging until they can control their phasing, essentially. Well, and, and technically they can choose to not age for forever if they want. Yeah. And Which that's another thing. it's okay or works that Jacob imprints on a half vampire because then they can live eternally together still if want, they want to or whatever. Whatever. But again, they don't mention that either. So there's just a lot of stuff about vampires. And you kind of mentioned it with like the backstories and stuff. There's a lot of stuff about the vampires. So there's a lot of stuff about the werewolves, the more intricate details that you definitely just don't get in the movie because they just don't have the time or the platform to tell you all of it compared to the book. But you really do have to give it to Stephanie Meyer for her world building, because when you think about all of the different kind of like myths and lore and things that she does bring into the world. It's very almost like Tolkien-esque, you know, where Tolkien wasn't the first person to write about elves or orcs or anything like, mid, you know, like those like fantasy creatures and stuff have been around and in stories and stuff for a long time. Mm -hmm. But Tolkien really went in and created his own world with like its own religion and lore and myths and all this stuff that made his world very unique and like his take on elves and orcs and goblins and things very specific to the world of like Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. I think Stephanie Meyer does a very similar thing here with her Twilight Saga, whether you like the series or not, right? Like she the did only, her homework. She did. The only the, thing the I will say research, I guess, <laughs> is I have read about some controversy with her using the Native American tribe as the source for the werewolf history and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that it, like, no, wasn't... And I can see that. ...wasn't well-researched and wasn't well done. So I do understand where they're coming from in that. And I think that mm -hmm. taking something as... A culture uh, that you're not a part of. <laughs> one that, like, you don't really understand that much and putting that in there... That was maybe not the wisest decision. It was not culturally appropriate or yeah. culturally sensitive. What's the right phrasing that I want to say there? Yeah, so that would be my only thing about the her world building was maybe she should have mm -hmm. gone just more totally fantasy made up instead of trying to bring in like real world connections. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But just... With with the rest of it, I feel like she she took something, she took a couple things, right? Mm -hmm. Werewolves, vampires that have been around for a long time in lots of different stories and made it unique to her world. Yes. And then since then, other writers and things I feel like have taken from what she like added to the lore of vampires and werewolves and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could be mistaken, but I feel like a lot of it. Yeah. Anyway, I will say one one thing, though, just to, to end it out. Just for a moment, 
Imagine this series with a sassy Bella. Like a sassy, <laughs> snarky main protagonist chick. I think it would have been so much better. Like when I just it think about. It would have been. It would have been. And it would have been very entertaining. Yeah. But it would have been harder for every single person reading it to put themselves in Bella's position. It's true. It was definitely Something a I very talked just about in the first episode. Mary Sue answer yourself. But I just as I was reading some of those scenes, I was like, I could just imagine if like she was snarky or sassy in this situation. She oh, has her moments. So funny. Like when Not she enough. punches Jacob. <laughs> Not enough. I wanted like Harry Potter levels of sass. Yeah, I know. I know you did. But Ginny Weasley cannot be the protagonist of every <laughs> female led uh, book. I just okay? want I just want one sassy female to be in a movie because I feel like they always wreck it in the movies. Yeah, because she was yeah, Ginny was wrecked in the movies. She was not Anyways, her sassy self. You can go back to a year ago when we did our Harry Potter episodes to hear more and you'll hear all about, about that. that. Or but. listen to We Ship It's episode where they talk about Harry and Ginny because we talk about it a lot in that too. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Those are our so, grievances. Yes. That was Eclipse. That was Eclipse. We now have fan faux pause to continue. What are our what are your thoughts? Basically, I've got mine pulled up. So I, I guess I'll mine, go first. But go for okay. it. Well, if we're going to continue alternating, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So this is on Instagram. This is from Alex C. She says Eclipse is supposed to showcase an epic love triangle, but there is no believable chemistry between anyone. <laughs> I honestly mm. blame Bella, Kristen Stewart, because when Edward and Jacob are talking in the tent while she's sleeping, the love and intensity that should be present in a love triangle really shines. But one corner of the triangle isn't even awake for it. <laughs> 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 that's a great example. Um, that's true. They're very accurate. Yeah. Um, the tent scene is really great between Edward and Jacob. Yes. Yes. But Bella's <laughs> just like asleep, so she can't ruin it, basically. <laughs> yes. So good thoughts. Excellent point. Thanks for sending that in, Alex. Um, and then we have one from Facebook from Allie L. She said, this is probably my favorite book and movie in the series. I did miss in the movies the part in Rosalie's story about how she became a vampire and she talked about her friend who had a baby. I feel her story in the book. You got a better sense of where her envy for a family comes from. Also, I really enjoyed the talk Jacob and Edward had in the tent while Bella was sleeping. <laughs> Call me weird, <laughs> but I enjoy when you see the two people who are after the same person in the love triangle have a conversation. And I definitely agree. I really like the tent scene. Maybe it's because Bella's asleep, but I think I it mean, was, again, part of the only time where you got to see Edward kind of not hating Jacob as much as they did the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. And we did talk about Rosalie as well, how they kind of just ruined yeah. that. So good point. So, yes, we 100 percent concur. All that. If you have thoughts about future books or movies or anything and, and you want your thoughts to be shared, um, we always ask for fan faux pas on our social medias. I don't know, a couple days in advance before we record an mm -hmm. episode. 
So if if you want to be included in a future episode, that's where you should go. Or you can email us at tbwbpodcast at gmail.com. Also, I realize we have to post our new reading calendar. Yeah, we do. That's an announcement that should have been at the beginning. I think oh, maybe we good. just like kind of skipped over it because like everybody knows we're, we still have to do Breaking Dawn. <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously, this whole next month, essentially, September is essentially going to be just finishing Breaking Dawn. Yep. But uh, October, November and December are all we're looking to fill those up. So definitely, if you have any books you want us to cover, books slash movies or any ideas for minisodes, go on over there. And by there, I mean our social medias and let us know what you want us to cover. Or you can email us at uh, TBWD podcast at gmail.com yep or go to our website tbwdpodcast.com mm-hmm. all righty fan for pause are done we we have ye age old question ye age old question <laughs> was the book better yeah 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 i think we're in the territory where the book is still better but not by much (laughs) i mean i think we kind of in this episode touched on the reasons why it's it's the movie's not as good as the book just because they didn't go as in depth as they did in the book and you didn't get the nuances and so the book is still is still better for sure yeah breaking dawn is split into two movies yes so just like in the past, right, like with the final Harry Potter book, final Hunger Games, Hunger Games book. Sorry, left my brain for a second. We're only going to read to the part that like part one of like the movie covers. It basically ends like at her transformation into a vampire. So we're yes. going to read to that point. I'm trying to find like a specific chapter or page number. And I I think it's isn't it before Jacob's section? No, Jacob's section start while she's pregnant. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. This was so easy to find for Hunger Games and Harry Potter. You know, it just says when she opens her eyes as a vampire. So when you reach in the book, when Bella opens her eyes as a vampire, stop reading. Basically. (laughs) should be somewhere around the middle should be ideally somewhere in the middle of the book but we know they don't always split them as evenly as they should so mm-hmm. alrighty so yeah next next week mini-sode talking kind of about our favorite moments and, and things that have happened the past year of us doing this podcast And then in two weeks, our next main episode, we will be covering Breaking Dawn Part 1. And we're getting close to the end of this series. So like Taylor mentioned, we will be releasing our reading calendar with the books we'll be covering next. Keep an eye out for those giveaways that we'll be doing over the next week. But with that, um, have a great week. And don't forget to read.